other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Thanks for listening. I hope you had a great weekend. I certainly did. I'll give you some of the highlights and the lowlights throughout the next four hours. But I'm going to begin this show because I know we have a couple of people that have been listening to WABC, as you always should, for the last few hours. I'm going to begin this show as I could begin each and every Monday show. And that is by saying the words, I don't know know what planet Curtis Lee is from, but if there was ever a guy that is having his beret on too tight and having the circulation of blood cut off to his brain, it's Curtis Lee. If you missed any of Curtis's 19 hours of radio over the weekend, this is from just a couple hours ago, Sunday night. This was a pretty good approximation of what you heard the entire weekend. He's enamored with Selena Gomez, this midlife crisis, because... She supports organ donation, I'm supposed to believe. That's what he tells his wife, Rachel, right? This uh, Mama Luke was standing outside of the building where they film only murders in the building. Steve Martin, Martin Short. My wife watches that on Hulu. It's right down the block from us. It's right on West 86th Street between Broadway and Amsterdam. I hate that show, and I really hate Selena Gomez. And Frank Morano stands out there like, like a little... Like a little Girly man. Selena, Selena, here I am. I was, I, wa- I, wa- I wanted to be at your 30th birthday party the other day. Man up, Frank. God, most men have a midlife crisis. You know, they want a muscle car. Frank wants to be a groupie for Selena Gomez. Ah, I mean, clearly Curtis is trying to insinuate that I have romantic designs on uh, Selena Gomez. That is not the case. Selena Gomez is not really my type. If I was going to pine for someone, it would not be Selena Gomez. I think she's a tremendous actress. I have become a fan of her music. And as my wife said to me the other day, you know, if you look at the people, the celebrities that you really like, you have William Shatner, Mel Brooks, Clint Eastwood, and Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez is the only living celebrity that you're a big fan of who's under the age of 90. I will not apologize for that. I am proud to be a Selenator. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Thanks for listening. Let me go through a list of numbers and see if you can tell what this is a list of. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, nine, ten, fifteen, sixteen, twenty, twenty-three. 32, 37, 42, 44, 46, 49, 51, and now 21. Well, if you're a baseball fan, by now you probably realize I was listing the numbers retired by the New York Yankees. I'm a big baseball fan. I'm excited with this uh, series against the Yankees that the Mets are playing uh, beginning tonight. I hope they get the game in. They're expecting some rain, and I'm really hoping that they get the game in because my uh, father and stepmother are taking two of my cousins to the game, and 
I know they've all been looking forward to going, so I hope they uh, are able to play. And I'm obviously really excited about uh, how the Mets are playing right now, and uh, the Yankees are really struggling, so it's the perfect time for this series to take place. The Yankees yesterday retired number 21, Paul O'Neill. Now, if you're not a baseball fan, basically what that means is that no Yankee ever will be able to wear the number 21. Now, all these players that I just listed, from Billy Martin to Bernie Williams and everyone in between, these were all great players and or managers. They all contributed a lot to Yankee lore, and I realize the Yankees have won more World Series championships than anybody, and there's a lot of great players and managers that contributed to that. At what point is enough enough? Now, I have been somebody that for years has said that the Mets have not retired an adequate amount of numbers, and I'm glad that's starting to to change, but this is just too much. You can't have 20-something people with numbers retired. At the rate the Yankees are going, I mean, there's a 40-man roster, and at the rate the Yankees are going, they're going to have to start having their players wear triple digits. It's already the case where there's not a single single digit number that a Yankee can wear. And again, I'm not suggesting we unretire anybody, but let's ease up a little bit. Can we have a moratorium on retired numbers for a while? Makes sense to me. Beam me up. To be continued. The other side of midnight. 77 Local spotlight. If there's one thing that defines my view of the world, it's that I believe in second chances and I believe in due process. That being said, I also think we should be pretty careful with the kinds of people that we allow around children. Story in the New York Post on Sunday really had me scratching my head. A city principal convicted of car insurance fraud kept her employment with the Department of Education and even got a pretty substantial raise despite what school investigators called a pattern of dishonesty. The DOE gave Onitha Swinton, the former acting principal of Port Richmond High School in Staten Island, a sweetheart deal to stay on despite this criminal rap, along with findings that she improperly funneled $100,000 in school funds to a vendor and failed to safeguard 600 DOE computers, printers, and laptops, which vanished under her watch. Instead of firing her, as was recommended by the Special Commissioner of Investigation for Schools, the DOE gave her a job in the Office of Safety and Youth Development with a $187,000 salary plus health and pension benefits. That is $25,000 more than she made when arrested in 2018 for insurance fraud. This is crazy. And no one can seem to tell anybody what her title or the description of her job responsibilities are. This is nuts. This is nuts. Why is this woman still employed by the DOE? One of the great contributions of that Mike Bloomberg was able to make to city education policy when he was mayor, and you know, I realize the teachers' union played a role in this as well, was they did away with the rubber rooms. And they basically substantially reduced the number of teachers that are getting paid just to sit around. It still does go on to some extent, but it's nowhere near like it was 15, 20 years ago. This, to me, is the principal equivalent of a rubber room. They give this woman a raise and either a no-work or no-show job with 
the Department of Education? This is crazy. This woman should have no role, even if it's an administrative one, even if it's a phony job, in anything having to do with the DOE. How does this happen? This is crazy. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One more hour to go. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take your phone calls in just a moment at 800-848-WABC. Do you remember the story, I guess now it's about a year ago, uh, maybe even a little more than that, of Andrew Cuomo's daughter, Kara, dating a state trooper and then the rumor that the state trooper was transferred as a punitive measure. Well, now the inspector general's report is out on this and we're starting to get some more of the details about what happened. And there's nobody that's a bigger Cuomo critic than me. But I have to tell you, maybe Andrew Cuomo is not the villain in this particular story that a lot of folks initially thought that he was. State Trooper Dane Pfeiffer, he was sent to what they refer to as Administrative Siberia in the spring of 2020 after the governor's top aide, Melissa DeRosa, tipped his bosses off about the romance between Pfeiffer and Kara Kennedy Cuomo. So there's this 32-page report issued by the state inspector general, and we're learning all about his transfer to Plattsburgh, which is way up near the Canadian border, as officials sought to break up the affair that blossomed amidst the COVID lockdown. So Melissa DeRosa phoned the commander of the state police protective services unit, which is responsible for safeguarding Cuomo and his family, and told him of the relationship that Kennedy had admitted to her father. So after taking DeRosa's call, the commander alerted the now state police superintendent, who at the time was the deputy superintendent, and initially they referred the matter to internal investigators, telling them that Cuomo was very upset about his his daughter's relationship and that they were getting several calls from the governor's staff that are very upset. Later that day, Pfeiffer was called in for an interview and he told the investigators that he had not furthered his relationship while on duty. We know what that means. It means they didn't have sex or do any canoodling while on duty. And he says that he'd always conducted himself in a professional manner. I have to tell you, I think this was probably handled properly. They transferred the guy. They didn't discipline the guy. As a lot of people quoted in the Inspector General's report are saying, you can't be having an affair or any kind of romantic relationship with somebody that you're supposed to be protecting. Otherwise, it creates the serious problem of a conflict of interest. So I'd love to bash the whole Cuomo team for this. But if there's any fault in how this was handled, maybe it's with the state police. I don't think there necessarily was. I think this was merited. I think his transfer to Plattsburgh was merited. And I think the fact that he was no longer on the governor's detail was merited. Beam me up! To be continued.